0: Hey it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe and when you do that you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need links and more bonfiresports.ca. Now enjoy the show. Right, let's get it started. This was the Canadian Mafia matchup in what was expected to be a battle between two premier quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League, each dynasty level football clubs who definitely do not like one another. This was a showdown for first place and to be the final undefeated team in the CFL standings. In 2022, Uh, what we witnessed Friday night was an incredibly muggy and hot Manitoba night uh, was a special teams war, a game of opportunities both missed and capitalized on. And frankly, a wildly entertaining heavyweight bout between Canada's two best football clubs. Winnipeg struggled executing on special teams. Bo Levi Mitchell was... Not very good, despite his receivers dropping a lot of passes. But tailback Kadim Carey was really good. And for some reason, Stampeders head coach Dave Dickinson did not go to the best running back in the CFL when they were on the doorstep of the Blue Bombers end zone. Zach Calaris remains lights out, orchestrating a brilliant late game touchdown drive. 10 plays, 65 yards, finding Carlton Agadosi for his second score of the game, which also happened to be the six foot six, 220 pound rookies' target uh, CFL debut. Uh, it is way, way beyond cliche at this point in time here in Winnipeg and in Southern Manitoba, but the Winnipeg defense bent but didn't break and helped Mike Shea's crew to a 6-0 start for the first time since 1960. Welcome, everybody, inside Game Day After Dark. My name is Darren Bombing, soon to be joined once again by our old friend, Zach Schnitzer. We were both at the game. I jumped out of there a little bit early. Uh, did not have eyes on the Demario houston interception in the end zone late which sealed the game for the Blue Bombers. But, uh, man, is Demario Houston ever looking like the second coming of D. Alford. Now, DeAndre Alford, who, of course, signed with the Atlanta Falcons after one year in the CFL, he actually liked the tweet I sent out when I stated exactly that, um, which says a lot about the teammates and and the camaraderie and the support Blue Bombers players, both last season and of course this season, uh, really have for one another. Uh, great to see everybody watching live on YouTube and Facebook. Um, Transcona Poly, uh, Fritchie, our good friends, uh, everybody joining us live. Paul, the Bar Flies, Hadley is in the live chat tonight. Great to see you guys. Tao Zen, Bob, Molly. Well, I think that is our friend, uh, Friesen, once again, uh, now he's Bob Molly, Chris Walby's other buddy. Uh, Check out the pregame show for uh, uh, some fun we had with that a little bit earlier. Um, Carl Kopp uh, and uh, tons of others uh, joining us live, Tristan Rivers uh, and the rest. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here. What a game this was, 26-19. It was tied 13-all at the half and just an absolute battle and a war between two teams, as I mentioned, that do not like each other. I coined this game, the Canadian mafia matchup because it was just a couple years ago where Stampeders head coach, Dave Dickinson, who is an American with an American GM and John Huffnagel were caught on the parabolic microphone. What's the parabolic microphone? It's that, you know, clear dish that the broadcaster on the ground holds to pick up sound. You know, like when you watch CFL wired on TSN and they caught Dave Dickinson in a game against Winnipeg saying the Canadian mafia, like those guys get away with it once again. Right. And well, since then the t-shirts have been made and everybody's been having a lot of fun with that, but uh, it is kind of a cool American versus Canadian rivalry between these two teams, the Calgary Stampeders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who you could say now that the Bombers have two championships uh, in back-to-back seasons and are now once again, on top of the CFL heap, about a quarter into the 2022 season that Winnipeg now is the new dynasty in Canadian football, taking over from Calgary, who was the previous dynasty, you know, perennial contenders for the gray cup for so, so long. Uh, and well, I was looking forward to this game, like so many others and what an unbelievable crowd at IG field. It was hot. It was muggy. It was intense. And, an attendance of just under 30,000 is the best attendance in the Canadian Football League so far this season. And as it says right there on the barricades on the sidelines at IG field, the CFL's loudest fans, they were on display. You were on display big time on Friday night. Uh, What an unbelievable presence that sound brings uh, when the opposing offense is on the field early in that game. We saw Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders offense really struggle with some of that sound. They had to call a timeout early in the first quarter. I think it was their first possession that really set the tone for the game. And well, what did we see? We saw Bo Levi Mitchell. I'm just going to pull up the, the live stats here. Everybody uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. Well, his numbers tell the story, but I don't think they tell the entire story. Uh, The reality is um, that he had a lot of drops uh, tonight. I would say about five or six drops from his receivers, but look at that 12 of 28 passing for 187 yards, a quarterback efficiency rating for Bo Levi of 62.6. And, you know, I think if I zoom out, I can get the the actual completion percentage, um, which was 43%. So like, Well below 50 was Bo Levi on Friday night. And just like their playoff game back in 2019, Bo had a bad day against the Blue Bombers defense. Uh, Winnipeg came to play, except on special teams. There was a lot of blunders in this one. Mark Killam, the Calgary Stampeders uh, special teams coordinator, got the best of Winnipeg and uh, Paul Boudreaux Jr., Winnipeg special teams coordinator uh, and just the Winnipeg special teamers themselves. Uh, a couple real game shifting plays on Friday night at IG field. And and some of the ones that stand out to me are of course the Peyton Logan punt return touchdown that was called back um, due to a penalty on Charlie power. I believe it was uh, one of the, um, or pardon me, Charlie Moore uh, of the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, That was a roughing the kicker penalty. Leggio really collapsed to the ground. Didn't look like too much of a flop or acting job to me. Um, But, uh, you know, that was one of those plays I think made a huge difference uh, in keeping Winnipeg ahead. Uh, That led to a um, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers touchdown that would have stopped because of a two and out and a punt. But then there was Greg, Greg Ellingson after that roughing the kicker penalty Ah, uh, 16-yard uh, catch and run down to the three-yard line. Augustine pounded it two yards. In comes short-yardage quarterback Drew Brown of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He punches it in to put the Blue Bombers ahead, 2016. And um, you know, I, I think really their first lead. Um, they had a three-nothing lead. They had a ten, a 13-10 lead in the second quarter. But really, I felt Calgary was in control for a lot of this game. Uh, And then into the second half, Winnipeg really started to flex their muscle, especially on offense. Uh, How about Carlton Agadosi? Let's talk about this guy. Uh, Cut from Blue Bombers training camp this season. He was in Blue Bombers training camp in 2021, hung around the practice roster, didn't make it into a game. And Michael Shea talked about this earlier this year, as well as after the game tonight. Agadosi, in the words of Mike O'Shea, busted his hump and has been busting his hump for a long, long time to get into the lineup. And man, he came to play. Let's look at the receiving numbers. Six catches on seven targets for Carlton Agadosi. 70 yards, including two, you'll see right there, second down conversions. That's really, really big. But look at this number. Seven second down conversions For Greg Ellingson, I would not be surprised in the least if Greg Ellingson is a CFL top performer for week six. 11 catches on 14 targets. You don't see that too often. Nearly approaching 15 targets uh, in a game. 152 yards, uh, averaging 13.8 yards per catch when you catch 11 balls in a football game. That's absolutely lights out Uh, once again thanks to everybody joining us here on game day after dark let's bring in the man is he ready is he excited it's been a while here he is zach schnitzer here on the program what's going on schnitz what's (laughs) cooking other than you at a very hot football game tonight
1: holy dinah you know i it it felt like the old roman coliseum darren it was cooking People were sweating Yeah, blood, blood in the air, you know, it was <laughs> what, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I missed the beginning. I'm going to cut we, you off quick. We...
0: Bring that microphone nice and close to your mouth so everybody can, uh, can hear you. Uh,
1: Jeez. I, I've actually forgot. I've forgotten how to do this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been a little while you've been, you've
1: been, you've been gone. You want to catch everybody up? What's happening? Yeah. Well, what did you call this little part of your neck where you get a little oh, the hair? Babinka. The, the babinka. babinka.
0: When you get a, like a, a suntan right there, like a like a piece of pie, you kind of go like, "Oh, look at that! It's a little slice of raspberry <laughs> babinka cake." Uh, just an old thing me and my buddies. Do with, you
1: I know, like it. It's Got to be that. close to the babinka, you know. I, I, I've I've forgotten a couple things <laughs> yeah. here. I'll square myself up. Wow, you know that is the type of game you never forget, Darren. The Battle of the Unbeaten's. I mean the the cra- Pure entertainment.
0: The crowd, oh, yeah, the
1: entertainment, buddy. The crowd was absolutely rabid tonight, and they were affecting Calgary's offense, yeah, big time. Yes, they were big time. Like we we could have a five hour show here, but we can't. But <laughs> my goodness, what a game! And oh, I just loved it. So I'm I'm happy to be back. I missed everybody. Good uh, not to be back, man. I, uh, yeah, what a great night at the park. I, I brought my brother who pretended to be a fan. He's, he's not a sports guy, but even he said the atmosphere was amazing. The fans, he said, I, I don't remember it being this fun back in the day. Cause he used to come with me and my dad. And I right. said, I said, Ben, it wasn't this fun. Yeah. It wasn't this fun back in the day. This team is unbelievable. So anyway, Darren, what a game. What a game!
0: I, I'm still going to get you to to tilt your mic so, like, the top of that microphone, get it right uh, pointed at your uh, your beauty kisser, that. there, buddy, and, and we'll make sure we can we can hear you loud. How's that? That's probably let's cool. get yeah, this. Gonna be good.
1: Let's get this right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We want to hear How's that. Uh, we, we I was just talking about Carlton Agadosi, uh when you came on. So what a CFL debut! Like this guy <laughs> shows up first time in a Canadian Football League game. And yeah, two touchdowns is great. Like those, like the, clearly Zach Kolaris has a new fade route favorite target. Like what a red zone weapon that is to have somebody who can elevate above the, the defender like Agadosi can. And I think of the first one in the south end zone that really lit the crowd up. The first touchdown of this game, if I'm not mistaken. that Yeah, yeah, that, put, um, yeah that put Winnipeg uh, back up in this game. Regardless, the way yeah. he twisted his body to get position on Trey Roberson to pull that catch in like unbelievable play. Um, man, oh man, it, uh, he, he looks like a real player. And this guy, you know, was, uh, was, was kind of just waiting to get healthy and waiting for his opportunity. Carlton Agadosi sure arrived on
1: Friday. He was unbelievable. now I, now I'm, I'm hearing from some experts and some people on the team. Uh, it was an OPI. Um other yeah, fans no, there was, no. There. there was Jersey there there. There was a Jersey pull there, but I was I didn't actually see it, but I thought Darren, like it's it's like when uh they used to they used to call the uh, unnecessary roughness hits on Bufflin because it was just so big, it just always looked like a penalty. When you have mm-hmm. arms that long, yeah. if you're hand fighting, That's it's fair. something that Oce will want to look for because I, I don't want them to target Agadosi, but uh man, what a, what a debut, eh? 70 yards, two touchdowns. That second touchdown was, was just a thing of beauty.
0: Yeah. Just like, it's like his hands came kind of out of nowhere and just plucked it out. Like, (laughs) you know, some people don't like it when I say this, but like every quarterback misses, doesn't matter if you're Flutie or Brady or Manning or Damon Allen or, or Anthony Calvillo, you miss once in a while. Zach Kolaris misses, but when he misses, he misses high. And yeah. you notice that I've always noticed that even going back to his time with the Hamilton tiger cats, but definitely here in Winnipeg, he misses high. Well, if you're going to miss high, it's nice to have a six foot one, six foot two, Greg Ellingson going across the middle. It's nice to have a six foot six Carlton Agadosi with clearly yeah. some athleticism to, to elevate and get to the football. Um, and if you miss high, I don't know if a DB has a chance at that ball the receiver knows where the ball is going to be better than the defender. And if it's high, I would give the receiver a much better chance of winning a 50 50 than if it's low and that DB can kind of, you know, wedge his body in between the receiver and and the ball. Um, It's a, it's a great
1: point, Darren, you, you know, that Calero's, is just money on all those details. Right. So, you know, he's no, thinking about sure. that, you know, he's coached up that way that that if he's going to miss a ball or he's going to take a chance, yeah, it's, it's going to be in a place the DB can't get it. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Andre, good to see you in uh, the live chat. My old friend from our uh, trips to uh, Regina and the Labor Day classic. Am I saying Calaris misses when he's high? No, I'm not <laughs> saying this. I have heard people around the <laughs> CFL call, the league the cannabis football league that really? we will leave for another conversation but no i'm not saying that i'm saying when he misses he misses high and it's probably a good thing uh to uh love everybody uh joining us in the live chat here uh everybody uh conversing with one another and uh, jumping in to join us uh thanks uh for supporting us here on bonfire sports um Anything else stand out to you, Zach, from your perch in the stands tonight? Outside of obviously that crowd noise and you know talking talking agados here.
1: Well, I <clears throat> I know we leave this to the end usually, Darren, but I but I've gotta give my happy honker out right now. Right now. Okay. Right now. Because my happy honker goes to Mr. Andrew Hustler Patterson. Okay. So this was this was the TS turning point in the game. Mark Leggio misses a field goal, 36 yard field goal in the third quarter. Misses yep. the field goal, and everyone's like, oh no, that was bad. Because it was a close game. And I don't know his first name, but the Calgary player Moore. <clears throat> first name starts with a C. Charlie. Charlie Moore. This also might be my my Westwood wide to the right, Darren. Yeah. Well, our
0: TSN turning point. Yeah. Uh, Bonfire so much Sports. There, right? Fire Starter.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rolls into his legs and Hustler, because Hustler was sitting in front of me because uh, okay. he took his parents' tickets and he's sitting with none other than Jim Toth. Oh, so look had, at that. The, old the hair, pal, okay? Yeah. The, the hair wow. of Toth, you had Hustler. The 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 Winnipeg sports legends were right there. Um, they just needed you down there, Darren. But you were doing right. important work upstairs, yeah. right? <laughs> so so I, I don't mind work.
0: I don't mind working during games. I do miss enjoying the games, like with my friends, with the fans, with with yeah. some cold ones. Uh, I miss that a heck of a lot. But when you get to do this for a living, I wouldn't yeah. trade it for the world. It, it's it's no, it, it sometimes, but it's a good trade-off. You know. You know?
1: I gotcha. Oh, Fritch Fritch 101 was sitting in 129. So yeah, you saw you saw the two of those uh fine fellas. And and you know what's fun is is Hustler was just having like he is a fan, right? And and he's a pro, but he was taking videos of the big moments in the game. He just loved it. But anyway, yeah. he, he, as soon as Calgary took that penalty, he turns to me and he says, Winnipeg's gonna score a touchdown. And I'm like all right, he's like, just book it. Like this, this is crazy. He just couldn't believe that Calgary did something that boneheaded. Yeah, and 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 to me, like that's what it came down to this game. Like the game story for me, Darren is if you look at time of possession and first downs and yardage, Winnipeg two to one, nearly Winnipeg. You could argue dominated, but yep. the special teams big plays and gaffes and, and penalties. Wow, did that ever make a difference. You look at that, what was it, 27-19 is the final score. Ten of those points came off uh, Winnipeg special teams turnovers. Mm-hmm. You, you had that Janarian Grant fumble, which led to that first Calgary touchdown. Yep. By the way, the Calgary punter, Wow! Can he sky those punts? Like I don't, I don't know if that makes a difference. Cody for-
0: no, he's Cody got an Grace. absolute cannon of a leg. My
1: God! But uh, yeah, especially and then, then Mark Leggio almost had that punt blocked, and then he runs out of the way, gets brought down, and then Calgary gets three points off that at the end. And something to talk about as we go on is could Winnipeg have prevented that with with seconds sort of clicking down? On the clock, Darren, the end yeah. of the second quarter, one second left when I think it was Carey that went down. Uh my God. What just a wild swing, but I, I had to throw in Hustler there because I just thought he's like, would you <laughs> know Winnipeg's gonna score a touchdown right here, buddy? And then that was a Drew Brown uh uh yeah. quarterback sneak.
0: No, I, I mentioned that before you jumped on, like how that was a real uh, game shifting play and um well like you mentioned some of those numbers and people are already talking about the penalties and everything look at the first down numbers 26 to 14 in favor of the blue bombers um and passing first downs like calgary really struggled throwing the football tonight yeah begleton and and uh henry those like they got their work in uh, i think kamar jordan had one catch on seven targets um Those are the dangerous three in the receiving game. But look at this number. 18 passing first downs for Winnipeg, nine for Calgary, and just four rushing for Calgary. Like, Winnipeg had six first downs running the football. Like, I get it, you know, a little short yardage and and that sort of thing, or Augustine coming in to punch it in for two to to pick it up on, on second and short. But like Kadeem Carey had a monster game tonight, well over 100 yards rushing, great average. Just four times they were able to convert a first down running the football. Second down conversion rate, 62% for the Blue Bombers, 25 for Calgary. Net yards, 334 for Winnipeg, 277 for the Stampeders. Um, And then, well, this is one I know we're going to talk about at some point in the show. Zach. Yeah. and that is yeah. the blue bombers run game or lack thereof 110 rushing yards for the stampeders tonight 45 for Winnipeg um the other number I wanted to touch on as we kind of go through these stats here um is well yeah I don't I guess you, you can't see it it's right there at the bottom but oh maybe you can see it there 22 45 to 37 15 was time of possession so nearly not quite yeah. but nearly two to one for the Blue Bombers, and then this one right here. The Stampeders took 10 penalties for 70 yards and some really, really costly ones at important times. Winnipeg was disciplined and sharp. Yeah, they sure were. Yeah, Mike O'Shea's probably cracking a cold one to this tonight. Uh, Six penalties for 42 yards for the Blue Bombers. Uh, That was working really, really well in their favor. And it was another thing O'Shea mentioned after the game, Zach, was how... You know, you can't make mistakes against a team like the Calgary Stampeders. They will make you pay. We saw it right at the end of the second quarter. Uh, we saw it at some other junctures in this game, um, you know, including, you know, one shot to Malik Henry, 24 yards. Yep. And then Renee Paredes is able to kick a, a 50-yard field goal to, you know, yep. grow a 7-6 lead to 10-6 uh, early in the second quarter. Um, you know, d- Some moments in that game where you're just like, wow, could have been so much different if one penalty didn't happen or one first down didn't happen or one close play went the other way. What a football game. And that's
1: and that's a story, right? I mean, sure, special teams were big, but uh, special teams are are a phase of the game, right? They're an important, especially in the Canadian Football League. We love that. But what a game. From yeah. a fan perspective, that was about as good a regular season game as you get, maybe unless the Banjo Bowl is a close one. But my goodness, you're playing Calgary. And and someone said this uh, this week, um, you know, the fan rivalry with, with Saskatchewan is huge. I mean, that's sure. unmatched. That's why
0: I'm wearing green tonight. Everyone's giving me grief.
1: Yeah, I know they are. Let it go, Man. people. He's got a bonfire thing on there. Come on. Come on.
0: It's just so a the shirt
1: the fan rivalry with with Saskatchewan is the biggest no doubt but the yeah. team rivalry i would say is even bigger with calgary and my goodness what a game like what a game almost 30,000 fans on a on a hot awesome. friday night in in yeah. uh in uh, in winnipeg oh what like this what a is game.
0: one of those wouldn't you agree this is one of those games i think Fans will remember like you remember that oh, yeah. super hot day where the yeah. bombers and stamps battled to see who was unbeaten and Winnipeg moved to six and zero for the first time in forever, 1960. Holy cow. Like, yes. Can, can you believe that they haven't been six and zero since 1960. Uh, that said they have played a lot of East division teams, two wins yeah. over Ottawa, uh, a win over still winless Hamilton. So all of those, their first three wins came against teams that are still looking for their first win this season. Yeah. Narrow margin win in Toronto, a place where Winnipeg just never seems to play very well. They go put the boots to the previously undefeated BC Lions. That was a big win. And then just one where they got the job done tonight. Uh, big, big win for the Blue Bombers at IG Field. Uh, final score, 26-19. And uh, again, I, I think it's one people will remember for a long time.
1: Well, and Darren, and and, and people need to remember too this team has played, what, three games in, in how many? Yeah, right. How many? They, like had, the, they had that days? short week in the middle. Like, crazy, crazy grit that this team has. And and Calgary was no joke. Like, they were coming. This wasn't last year's Calgary. This, this was a yeah. Calgary team. Uh, I, quite frankly, I picked Calgary. I picked Calgary to win. Because, to win this game? Yeah, because I thought this this home winning streak is going to end at some point it's a, it, you know the, remember you telling me that uh, earlier today i might yeah. have been telling you that earlier today but uh, the the dark side defense shows up again yeah. there was about 4 minutes left 26-19 and i got up on my chair cuz i usually do it about once a game and I, and i holler at logan and and uh, dave and the boys and uh <laughs> All sorts of people in my section, and I say, Make some noise, it's time for the dark side. D and the dark side, they eclipsed the Calgary Stampeders at the end, buddy. They did that. We got to talk about that pick by Houston. Like at the end, yeah, I was mentioning
0: I I left early so I could race home. I moved recently, as well. I know you know, Zach, but for for those (laughs) out there, I used to be really close to the stadium, now I'm pretty far. So, uh, had a bit of a drive and wanted to beat the traffic. So I raced out of there with like 90 seconds left, uh, and, and was able to get home before you, Zach,
1: hey, hey, yeah, how you about did. That?
0: but, uh, either way, um, I missed that DeMiro Houston interception. So describe it for us.
1: Well, I've never, I've actually never seen anything like it. Um, the, uh, I, was it Kamar Jordan? In the end zone? Yeah, I'm, I'm, so Kamara Jordan, you you think he's coming. And this was after the Jeff. So the drama here is huge, right? Calgary is coming to tie the game, as Calgary often does. If you look at the last few games between Calgary and Winnipeg, they're always a one-score game. Always a one-score game. Jeff Coat takes a roughing the passer penalty that, that really, in my opinion, from what I saw, he shouldn't have taken. That was an avoidable roughing the passer, and I think that would have that would have kept Calgary. It might have been third down, mm-hmm. but so anyway, just after that, it looks like a touchdown. He loses control. It looks like it hits the ground, but and it, it pops goes up. off his hand. It pops up. He never has control. And Demario Houston, who. Also could get a happy honker. Also could get a Walby's warrior. He was fabulous tonight. And and he picked that ball off, and that was sweet Caroline. That was good night. That was good night. And, and you know, it was interesting because (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily even call that a drop. I think it was a tough catch. But I had Calgary dropping the ball. Calgary receivers dropping at least five balls. We had five or six yeah. Unbelievable. Which which is very uncalgary like. Uh yeah. you, you saw Kamar Jordan. You saw uh Blake Bagleton had a good game, but I'm gonna pull this Jordan, up right here.
0: Malik this Henry.
1: Out. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Check
0: check this out. Like Reggie Bagleton, five balls targeted to him. Yeah. He did not catch. He had four for 82. Malik Henry, four catches on eight targets, 53 yards. Like they yeah. had good games. Vanu, one for one, fine. Kamar Jordan, one catch, seven targets, six times. The ball did not end up in his hands. Um, and then, uh, Bain also, uh, had more missed targets than, um, than catches, but it all goes back to the number I talked about right off the top here on game day after dark, 12 of 28, 43%. Oh, Levi Mitchell was 187 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Of course that interception happening in garbage time, but, um, it still led to a real heck of a football game, and I mentioned it kind of in my preamble, uh, Zach. The you know it's incredibly uh, cliche at this point, but the bend but don't break of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense is what it is. They yeah. don't allow touchdowns. They find a way to keep teams yeah. to kicking field goals. It's really something.
1: Well, and and we got to talk about that that uh, sequence where Calgary turned it over on downs.
0: What were they from the
1: five-yard line? Uh, They try it. They run. I think it was first and four. Carey gets two. Then they bring in Tommy Stevens, the backup. He does an RPO. He he pulls it back and throws it, and it was off the mark. Right. Like, what are you doing? doing. That <laughs> reminded me of the 2019 West Final when uh, Macdonn put in Brian Bennett. And remember that when they were in the red zone, it was second down or first mm. down. He pulls Fajardo, puts in Brian Bennett, who used to play for us. Yep. And I believe it was Jonathan Kongbo sacked him for 6 yards on a broken play. Like mm. like what? Like that's where coaches outsmart themselves. Like just put in your short yardage team. You're on the road. You're against this dark side defense, and the backup throws a pass. Like on, and then and then the last play uh, in that sequence. What was it? Two Calgary receivers colliding, and they turned it over on downs.
0: Yeah, I pulled up that comment from uh, Barflies. You mentioned God. that earlier in the show. Uh, that was Reggie Bagleton and Malik Henry. That was third and goal. Right. Like Winnipeg did a great job on, you know, like a kind of a weird play action fade route to the like goal line deep yeah. left. Yeah, um, yeah. Winston Rose was able to, to keep that cover, but it wasn't on target. I don't think it was catchable. It wasn't was it? on target. Um, And then another passing play that, that fell incomplete, but you know, two incompletions and like, this was after huge chunk plays. Yeah. Like, Calgary was fine. Like you look at the numbers, they're not great, but they allowed huge explosion plays. Um, you know, Henry 14 yards, carry ran for 27 uh, that got them to the Winnipeg five. Um, and then, you know, like Danny Austin, good friend of mine uh, does a great, great job covering the Calgary Stampeders uh, beat for post media in Calgary. And, you know, he said to me like, how many times have the Stampeders been in goal line situation they have the best running back in the league in Kadeem Carey, who, by the way, tonight was awesome for the most he part. He was, yeah. Uh, and they didn't, they give him the ball once in a goal line situation. Yeah. Like, look at these numbers. It, it's its off the charts. Kadeem Carey averaged 9.2 yards per carry. And it's not like he had three or four touches, like 12 carries for 110 yards, had a, you know, long of, of 29. I think he had another of 27, as I mentioned. Um, and then, you know, caught a ball for 13 yards in, in the passing game as well. There, you can see it now. So I I don't know why maybe, maybe Dave Dickinson was kind of playing 3d chess and, and trying to think one step ahead of Richie Hall, like Winnipeg's goal line defense and short yardage defense is always very good. Like when big Hill comes barreling over the top and and you got big push from, from the guys uh, on the edges and in the middle. Um, but Maybe Dickinson was thinking they're expecting Kadeem Carey to get the ball. So let's try some play action. Let's try some creativity. Um, and then you mentioned uh, the quarterback there, um, Stevens. Like, yeah. he is a monster. 6'5", 245. And a quarterback.
1: Fall like, forward, that's buddy. A, Touchdown. That's a grown-ass
0: <laughs> man. Um, yeah, fall <laughs> forward. We'll give it to Kadeem Carey. He can push the pile two or three yards. I, I know maybe yeah. it's, it's tougher in a goal line situation, but you know, run him off tackle, find a way f- to get the ball in his hands. I was really surprised they didn't use Kadim yeah. Carey more, but uh, yeah. work to the blue bombers advantage. They were able to, uh, you know, shut down Calgary and make them settle for threes.
1: Ben, but don't break. They keep him out of the end zone. It doesn't always look pretty Darren, but, uh, I do like your 3D chess uh, comment, my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, sometimes you can overthink yourself, right? Like you can try to be thinking one or two steps ahead of your opponent, and you end up, you know, stubbing your own toe because you're you're not looking where you're walking yourself. Um, but like, I, I'm I'm blown away by the live chat tonight. Everybody is fired up. Huge oh, yeah. Blue Bombers win tonight, 26-19. They're six and zero for the first time in what is it, 62 years? Yeah. 62 years ago, the Blue Bombers were 6-0. 1960. Yeah. That, that really is something. Um, everybody in the live chat wants to talk about one of two things. A good news story and a bad news story. <laughs> Demario Houston is the good news story. There were those back-to-back plays late in the first quarter, or sorry, late in the second, half, uh, second quarter, where he had two near interceptions on consecutive plays. And, and you know, right. I sent a, a tweet out at that time. Uh, you know, he's going to be thinking about that series of plays for a long, long time. Like that's going to be going through his head tonight uh, when he hits the pillow. Um, yeah. But yeah. then had the interception, had some key pass breakups. And I mentioned this off the top when, when there was, you know, people were just kind of joining us. Uh, awesome numbers tonight. Thanks for joining us here on, on game day after dark, uh, find everything you need. bonfiresports.ca. There's your shameless plug and we'll move on. Um, <laughs> but Demario Houston I, I called him a the the 2022 version of De'Alford, DeAndre Alford. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Now signed with with the Atlanta Falcons, and and what an amazing season he had next to Dietrich Nichols for the majority of the year. Moved over to the field side uh, for the Grey Cup and the playoffs when Winston Rose came back uh, from Cincinnati, um, and you know he's proven himself. And now he's going to prove himself in, in uh, the top league in the world uh, in the NFL. So, so kudos to him, but Demario Houston has clearly been working and clearly been putting in the time to uh, elevate himself. Like when you bump with like Winston Rose came and bumped Deandre Alford to the field side. And for those who are unfamiliar, we'll, we'll just lay it out here. Boundary side and field side, your boundary side is your best side. That's where you get your one-on-one matchups. That's where you're up against Duke Williams. That's where you're up against uh, like a Greg Ellingson or uh, a Lucky Whitehead. That's where you want your best cover guy. Winston Rose bumped DeAndre Alford to the other side in, you know for the playoff run in 2021. Demario Houston comes off the practice roster was there last season is there again. This season had a crazy instance with his family and his daughter getting hit by a bullet uh, during last season, moved his family all up here, all these trials and tribulations. He kept hustling. He kept working yeah. and now he's being rewarded. He bumps Winston Rose to the field side. And now Demario Houston is the Winnipeg blue bombers top cover guy. I might still give it to, to Dietrich Nichols. I don't know about you,
1: I, I I hate to tell you Dietrich Nichols missed carry in space once could have had him for a loss but that was the only thing that's the only thing I've seen all year from from Dietrich Nichols and I was looking hard I just wanted to bring you down a notch buddy because uh, I know I know you think he's right up there Um, but he, I mean credit Houston like six tackles he led the led the bombers I believe in defensive tackles he had that pick he 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 you know, that 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 Bobbers defensive unit could have had a couple more picks there, by the way. Uh, Houston. like you think about adjusting, you know, 12 guys on the field, the size of that, the size of that field, uh, the waggle. Houston, Houston was in tough last last year. I, I even uh, made fun of him. I said, Houston, we have a problem in a couple of my podcasts. <laughs> Sure. That's before I was a pro now, like I am with you, Darren. Right, right. Yeah, I yeah. would never do that. Uh, but but credit Houston for working his tail off of the offseason. It reminds me of Lucky Whitehead, to be honest. You know, he was kind of – he was our return guy in Winnipeg. You know, he, he wasn't a polished receiver, and then he worked his tail off. This is what Nick Taylor told me. He worked his tail off. And then last year, you see Lucky Whitehead break out as a receiver – you know these guys; they work their craft, right? They work their craft. They love football, and and they they come out with performances like this. What an interception! Unbelievable, Houston. We no longer have a problem. No <laughs> Dennis kidding. <says> that.
0: <laughs> no, no kidding. I'm just uh, trying to help out uh, a couple people. Uh, who was it here? Um, they were mentioning they were having trouble uh, sharing the live link uh on youtube but uh appreciate that appreciate all the shares and all the likes If, if everybody heads down on the video right now if you're watching live on youtube which i think the majority of people are give us a thumbs up give us a like uh if you haven't yet subscribe that all helps support bonfire sports and continue to give you this free content uh, covering your favorite Blue Bombers team. And, of course, we're going to be covering a little Jets hockey this coming winter as well. But, man, you talk about uh, the yin and yang of Winnipeg sports. It is the Winnipeg Jets and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at polar ends of it right now. It's the hottest team in the CFL, back-to-back Grey Cup champs. They're playing at an elite level despite a ton of injuries. Can, Can we talk about the guys that are not in the lineup for the Blue Bombers right now? It, it's unreal. Yeah, it's Somebody crazy. was was asking for an injury report uh, earlier. I'm I'm gonna pull this up here so people can see, okay? Because this is this is really something. You'll never hear Mike O'Shea say, you know, we're banged up and oh, we're, no, we're no. sure doing a good job with. He'll never say that.
1: Never, because that's just no. not
0: his his coaching mentality, right?
1: No, he'll say everybody's a starter, right? Everybody. Of everybody's, everybody's a starter. starter.
0: Here, yeah. Here's your injured list, okay? Ricky Walker, he's the healthy scratch, okay? Yeah. Not injured. Brandon Alexander, six-game injury list, 2021 All-Star. We all know how good he is. Jesse Briggs, one of the top Canadians yeah. in the CFL. Amazing special teamer, like a coach on the field, in the ilk of a Mike Miller. Six-game injured list. Michael Couture, CFL PA All-Star in 2021. Six-game injured list. Nick Dembski, most outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup. Six-game injured list. Noah Hallett, who was slated to be the starting safety for the Blue Bombers as a Canadian. Uh, or pardon me, brother Nick Noah. I get yep. them mixed up all the time. They're not even I twins, do but too. They, they, I think they literally. Most could do. Be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm secretly cursing their parents for giving them both N names, N O and N I for for Nick and Noah. Mercy Maston, who obviously has hit yeah. really tough snags, uh, injuring his Achilles in each of the last two Blue Bombers training camps. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Mercy Maston, I was told by a CFL GM. Was maybe the best player on the Blue Bombers defense in 2019. Uh, big yep. reason why they they won the gray cup, uh, and and a big uh hat tip to him um for sticking it out and, and coming back. He's a really good football player. Brendan O'Leary Orange, dripping with potential. This guy played in the NCAA, big good hands, obviously has the pedigree as we know, Zach. Right? His uh his father, uh Doyle Orange, uh a great running back for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, by the way, he just by. got
1: Wally Pipp, did he not?
0: Yeah, I mean, not a Canadian. Carlton Egodosi isn't a Canadian. I understand,
1: but-, but they'll they'll adjust the roster. You can't take Egodosi off.
0: Yep. Uh, Kyrie Wilson, the most underrated oh. linebacker in the CFL today for my dollar, and I know you agree with me there, Zach, uh, on the six-game injury list with another Achilles injury. Not even sure if he'll be able to return this season. Drew Richmond kind of waiting in the wings to take one of those tackle spots. Uh, from Jamarcus Hardrick or Stanley Bryant, call it a contingency plan. I don't think he's going to win the job over those guys for a while yet, um, but waiting for his opportunity. And then Dakota Prukup, the Blue Bombers short yardage quarterback who can run like the wind uh, on the six game injury list. That is a ridiculous group. And Winnipeg, yeah. it's like, whatever, that's fine. You know, the the Michael Shea mentality is working, right, Zach? He says, next man up. They're all starters.
1: Next man up, and 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 you do start to appreciate how good Kyrie Wilson is when you see – you know, Kadeem Carey is a great back. He's probably the best back, right? He's probably the best back.
0: I, in, yeah, absolutely, for my daughter. Right, right now,
1: no question.
0: James Butler, BC, probably right there.
1: Yeah. Like Jamal Morrow but, in
0: Saskatchewan.
1: But you see um, uh, Wilson out, and, th- and that's what happens, right? Like, I don't think he gets that many yards. If Wilson is it Wilson is elite mm. uh, yeah, you
0: know I mean, he, he gets, probably Clemens played okay you know he he's been pretty good filling in
1: yeah but he's here, he's yeah, been pretty good man. yeah I I I saw him you know but he's he's not Kyrie Wilson let's just say that by That's the fair. way the the I I see Tamara van Lewin say love Showtime I mean how good was that play where he he basically ran backwards uh, on that sweep it was a fake to Oliveira, which which mm, surprised me. That. That, do you remember? It, it was a play. Uh, I have it in the. Let's see on my. I've I've uh, I've really 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 uh, sharpened up my notes, Darren. It, oh, look it's, at you! Uh, it's You're some, doing it's,
0: that on the field, like or in the stands during the
1: game. Oh yeah, yeah. You are dedicated, man. Look you the, are dedicated to bonfire sports. O D special teams third quarter. O D special teams fourth. You know, it's very. It's very. It's just. Can I find it? Can I find it here? That's the big question. But there was a play <laughs> where uh, Showtime Sheed, he basically, yeah, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Look at me here. He 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 runs back. He had to run backwards, and then he and then he gets around and he gets the first down. Like the effort play there. My goodness. We're we're going to talk about the running game more more. I'm sure, but I, I did want to mention that play because you know uh, I don't think. Bailey caught a whole lot, but he, he sure did. Yeah. It just
0: seems like it's interesting. You mentioned that it just seems like um, the move to the X, the move to like the, the top wide receiver spot, like where Kenny Lawler played last year. Yeah. It's it's not working for him. Um, You know, we, we were calling the blue bombers offense tepid, you know, Marcus sales, even myself guilty was calling the blue bombers offense, vanilla and tepid and uninspired. Well, we've since been proven wrong for the last two weeks against two previously unbeaten teams. So, yeah. you know, I'll bite my tongue a little bit and and I'll eat crow if if I'm proven wrong. But it just doesn't seem to be working for uh, Rashid Bailey at the X. I found him much more effective in the slot. Um, yeah. I wonder if the development continues for Carlton Agadosi.
1: Yeah.
0: If. If he becomes the X, if he becomes that big wide receiver on the outside that you can like send vertical and and bring across the middle and the rest, and bring Rashid Bailey back uh, to mm-hmm. an inside spot, I, I think that might be that might be something the Blue Bombers would explore. But right now they've got a ton of weaponry, a ton of options. Uh, I thought we were going to see a lot of Greg McRae tonight.
1: We didn't. We didn't see him at all. Did he? Did we? He's not even on the. Did he rush the ball even once? I'm looking here.
0: Nope. I'm going to pull it up. We'll see.
1: Nothing. Zeros. And, you know, I'm saying all week, like guilty.
0: Holy, that's red. Look at that, eh? Uh,
1: No, (laughs) it's really steamy.
0: Yeah. Uh, Just pulling up the stats here. But, yeah, I mean, I was saying all week, I expect um, Greg McRae's role to grow and grow all the time. And every game he's going to get a little bit more. Well, not today. I don't think he had anything. He did not rush. Oh, the he was on the
1: kick return.
0: Okay. Yeah. He was. So they, I mean, they
1: did that. They did that. Uh, took
0: it. He took it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Adam draward who uh, is watching live on Facebook. Thanks for joining us again, Adam, uh, always in the live chat. Don't think Agadosi is coming out of the lineup. Uh, I agree. Not anytime soon. Uh, that's for sure. Um, just what a debut for Carlton Agadosi! Like he was lights out and, and just made it happen. Uh, people talking about the Carlton dance, you know, like from Fresh Prince, you know, like the famous Alfonso Ribeiro Carlton dance. Uh, when yeah. he scores touchdowns, maybe Agadosi has to work on those particular dance skills. Um, and then uh, I think the same person mentioned, uh, play Donka Shane, um, <laughs> when Dalton shone. Scores well Dal- uh,
1: between Dalton Schoen and Greg McCray like not getting on the stat sheet much, my my fantasy team got sunk just like uh Hustler here is talking, or whoever the avatar for Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, my god. Because <laughs> I, I, be... I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't oh, on that the show a couple is weeks ago, but but last yep. week, uh I absolutely torched the entire CFL podcast scene. I uh, had Greg McRae, Dalton, Schoen, value picks. I go back there. Yeah, I'll take it. We 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 beat we beat the snot out of Calgary. Whatever, yeah. man. But yeah. he does look like Calvin Johnson. I mean,
0: I, I he, was kind of reminded of AJ Green. You know, like more yeah, slender yeah. and long, and like maybe not super physical, but great body control in the air and, and able to like you know go and snag the ball, um, you know, snatch and grab, uh, really impressive, really impressive when you got a six foot six, 220 pound, uh, frame. Um, man, oh man. Man. Uh, It's like one guy goes down another steps up and not just steps up to fill in, but steps up and plays incredibly well. Um,
1: well, and if Zach hits him on, he, he, um, there was one play.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know that's Remo. That's Remo. (laughs) He's well always he asked
1: me if he had spot.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did and he's been used in a similar way. We saw that in BC but but not tonight. They changed things up. So, you know, uh another uh color of sprinkles on the vanilla bowl of ice cream. You know, another <laughs> maybe some caramel sauce to go with the chocolate sauce. Maybe some pecans to go with the crushed Guns. peanuts. Uh, just another little just a little little, you know, salt bay thing. You know the people the salt bay, though.
1: Although, salt bag? What's going on no, here? Salt
0: bay, b a e. They call it like that. That guy who like cut up the meat. It was it was a to- people Live chat knows what I'm talking
1: about. Okay, he live was, chat, help me out here. Live chat. Shout out salt to Remo, my he, wife's he would, cousin. Hey, buddy.
0: He would chop up the meat and then like sprinkle the salt like and let it fall down his elbow. Oh,
1: okay. Salt bay, b a e. Like I um, think that I think that they should have a special kind of sprinkles called egadosi. You know, I'll just I'll just have a I'll have a little more agadosi on there, just a little more agadosi on my vanilla cone.
0: <laughs> I like Dennis's comment in the live chat. Trying to diet, no more ice cream talk. Yeah, it can oh. be tough. It can be tough at you know when it hits midnight here and uh, getting uh, steamy and um, uh, on game day after dark.
1: Well, and uh, it, it would melt a cone. It would even melt it. A- By the way, Blue Bomber woman and and her ride or die friend Jersey girl, they were yeah, yeah. making ice cream. <laughs> In section 141, with sprinkles, I ran into them on the concourse. They said, "Come to 141. We're making these this ice cream uh, with sprinkles." And I was I was tempted, but uh, I was too glued into the game. And the concourse, you you couldn't really get around 29,700 fans. You're you're not moving. So yeah, that anyway.
0: that, that was awesome. Like,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> I, uh, I I enjoyed the concourse a little bit during the game, like just. Okay. Like it smelled like it smelled unique in that concourse with 3 minutes left in the fourth quarter. It smelled unique. I'll leave it at that. Um but man, uh, yeah, you know, Jeff just said it. Jeff Kabilas, uh I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Concourse so. was bumping. Uh, I I sent out like a little video uh early in the game like during uh, player introductions of like how deceiving IG field is because you watch the TV broadcast yes! and it's like, Oh man, there's big banks of seats. Nobody's in the corner of the end zone. If you have a seat in the corner of the end zone down low, your sidelines are not great. Like no. they're not great in any, in any stadium. So why wouldn't you take a walk, grab yeah. a beverage, grab a bite to eat, you know, go to the bat, whatever, stroll around, hit the rum hut, socialize a little bit. The Manitoba social that is, the Rum Hut. Have fun, right? Because totally. you can. That's the gift and the curse of IG Field. The gift to the fans of having that beautiful freedom open air concourse Yeah, and the curse being oh, it looks like nobody's there. Well, no. They're there. They're the last fans in the CFL. Uh, well, sure even my brother like
1: said it. that and I told you he's not a big sports fan. He, You know, he's been to maybe three or four Bomber games in the last 20 years but he said, where is everybody? Uh, you know, and I said, Trust me, we have a crowd tonight. They're just on the concourse. They're getting their beer. They're getting their, their pop and their their hot dogs, or whatever. Yeah, that's a nice one, waiters.
0: Yeah, like like that's I, crazy. I, waiters comes in with some really good takes, <laughs> hot takes, uh, some some LOLS and some jokes for sure. Big hat tip to you, waiters, uh, always joining us uh, here on Bonfire Sports since September twenty first, twenty eighteen. The Blue Bombers have one home loss. How's that for a fact? Says waiters. I'll have to double check that. Um, it's crazy. But, uh, but I, I, believe right. I believe you. I believe you. And then of course, Zach Kolaris, 24 and one in meaningful games as the blue bomber yeah. starting quarterback. It's 20, it's 21, 22, 23, now 24 and one. Unbelievable. Uh, the numbers that are stacking up here. And you know, I was asked this on TSN radio today, my good friend, Dave Jamison, who's back on the airwaves after a great uh, job um, and and, uh, really tough battle fighting cancer. He was back with uh, Alan uh, Lowtide on TSN 1260 in Edmonton. And they were asking me today, like, you know, is this a dynasty? Is this a dynasty in Winnipeg? I want to know the fans' opinion on that. Two championships, like I understand it's been three years, right? But two championships through two seasons. Is that a dynasty? Like are you calling the Winnipeg Blue Bombers today a dynasty or do they need another championship? Do you need a third to say this is a dynasty?
1: Should I weigh in on that?
0: Of course you should.
1: Should I weigh in that? Well, by by the way, I think it's 2019 when they lost. That was the Hamilton game. Dane Evans and Chris strevler was playing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we we started that game off with uh, first drive of the game seven nothing, and then Hamilton took over. Dane Evans had about three hundred yards in the first half. I remember the game. Uh, we were still in it, but then uh, strevler threw a pick. Anyway, I'm going back. You know, you know Zach's brain. I I, I remember all these weird things. I remember every game. Anyway, uh, are they a dynasty? Well. Like it's week six.
0: I get that. There's six to know it's week six. I was asked this question, so I figured I would put it out there. Transcona Pauly says three-peat equals a dynasty. The Edmonton uh, Football Club from 1978 to 1982, that five-year stretch with Warren Moon at quarterback, they won five straight Grey Cups, right? And it's the only reason Edmonton has more Grey Cup wins than Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, Toronto has the most Winnipeg has the most great cup appearances.
1: appearances uh, we all yeah.
0: know that in recent memory, but they also had a ton of appearances uh, in the fifties and sixties. They lost to the tie cats a handful of times. They also beat the tie cats uh, a bunch of times, but um, you know, everybody chiming in uh, Derek Schmidt says, I say three Pete. I-, I tend to agree. Uh, I think a dynasty needs a third championship. It doesn't have to be this year. It looking no. like it could very well be. Uh, Andrea says, I don't think it's a dynasty. Didn't Edmonton win four or five in a row? That's a dynasty. Sure. What was the, uh, was the Montreal Alouettes under Anthony Calvillo? Was that a dynasty? I think so.
1: I don't know. They, I don't know if they won enough gray cups. Like they were so spaced apart, like 2002 to what? 2009. And they were in so many, but that's a, that's
0: a, that's what a dynasty is. It's an era, right?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know the answer if it's a dynasty, but, but I will say we had that COVID year, which was challenging for everybody. They come into that year and they win again and they dominated the league in 2021. I know the playoff games were close, but and they did have that one loss in Toronto, but they dominated they blew, they blew everybody away that year. It was crazy in 2021, 2019, they had they had the Grey Cup. That was breaking the drought. And then, despite all those injuries you're talking about, Darren, despite mm-hmm. the fact that people were questioning this team, you know, they should have lost to Ottawa in Week 1. Uh, Ottawa dominated them again in Week 2, but we come away with the win. Yeah, uh, we barely beat Toronto. We shouldn't have be, beat Toronto. Even the Ticats game, we didn't blow them away, and they're a winless team. Everybody's questioning this team. And and they go out in a in the one of the biggest statement games I've ever seen as a fan of the Bombers, and they destroy the Lions. They they absolutely manhandle the Lions on yep. the road in a short week. Unbelievable play. And then they come here and they beat this the second best team in the league. And and without two special teams, gaffs that gifted the stamps 10 points. We blow them away again. Like, I, I I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but that game is is twenty-six to nine, Darren. If Janarian Grant doesn't fumble in his own red zone and then they don't have that there special team staff with Legio. Like time, time of possession, first downs. They're I don't know if they're a dynasty, but they sure are looking like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I love some of these comments. Um that are coming through on the dynasty talk, Scott Roger, uh, shout out rifle up, uh, Winnipeg rifles, junior football. Uh, I think they have to win a third cup, but it doesn't have to be this year, uh, get to at least the West final and win a third next year. Uh, that would be 2023 is fine. Says Scott Roger. Um, lots of people mentioning, you know, uh, you need four in a row to be a dynasty, mm, um, or a repeat like in modern sports. Like, yeah, I get like hockey i don't even know if you can do a comparison right you got a nine team cfl you've got a 32 team nhl previously 30 and 31 for for a long time um you've got 32 teams in the national football league and and tom brady i think is just a multi-generational talent and bill belichick a multi-generational uh head coach um those are unique things uh does Winnipeg need to win four straight championships or four in five years or four in six years to be considered a dynasty or is three in a five-year span or three in a six-year span, a dynasty? I'm leaning more towards the latter. I don't think you have to like stack championships uh, to be a dynasty or, or like, you know, really there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a dynasty for every 30, 40 years, maybe even longer.
1: I, I think I think I think I think the word dynasty is synonymous with three wins. I agree. It doesn't have to come in three years, but my goodness, if if they they are looking like the class of of the league again, and it's early, yeah. But 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 I think uh, I always talk about this on this show. I think we don't talk about Zach Kolaris enough. I'm glad you brought Good that up. God, I to shift it up. well done is such a freaking gamer, Darren like like just the, the athleticism i was talking to someone who works with a team and he's almost like he's almost like a guy that's holding an RPG like he's holding a bazooka the guy <laughs> like the arm talent on this guy the arm strength like Chris commissioned Zach Mahomes like yes yes I don't think that's hyperbole to say Zach Calaris you know he does remind you of of Patrick Mahomes at times. He he throws he throws sidearm, he throws around coverage, he mm-hmm. escapes, he, he does that double back move he he does to freeze defenders. I mean, not all of his throws work today when he escaped pressure, but he escaped pressure like crazy. Like we have an elite quarterback He's who special. took us over the top. There is no dynasty. I I would argue there's 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 no great cops. There's no drought busting 2019 Great Cup and 2021 Great Cup without Zach Kolaris. Uh, he is unbelievable, Darren. And yep. and he, he doesn't need much of a del- like like you know, um Bo Levi Mitchell. He, he's sort of that classic pocket passer. He 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 has a big wind up and he throws it. Zach Kolaris's delivery is just like wham. You know, he doesn't he doesn't need to drop back much. Uh, it, he has such core and leg strength and he just whips the ball. He throws it, you know, he's a gunslinger, but he also gets you key second downs that he and he throws it into tight windows. He loves him some slot backs, by the way. And him and Ellingson, like Here's some chemistry. I, just, I, I I just can't say enough. You know, Zach was incredible again tonight.
0: No question. Um, Quickly, Richie Copes. I wonder if that's my boy, Richie Copes. Could very well be. I think it is. Rad, what's going on, man? Uh, Changing the topic a bit, but the discipline of this Blue Bombers team is one of the most underrated underrated reasons why they are successful. That's a great comment. I think that's absolutely bang on the nose. Great take here on Bonfire Sports. Um, To Zach Kolaris. So everybody's been looking for that word. excuse me, to describe that innate creativity and ability and magic that Zach Kolaris is able to execute on the field. They're looking for that word. Like, is it football IQ? Is it, um, you know, uh, I think Doug Brown mentioned today, like it's grit. Uh, I think those things are all, all true. The word that really comes to me when trying to think about that special quality Zach Kolaris has it's it's beyond football IQ football IQ means you know you have wisdom you have intelligence obviously and and you understand the game and the nuance of it and how to take advantage of different situations and be able to do that almost naturally like that the what I see in Zach Kolaris is like the word I, I found is intuition he has a natural intuition to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Leg strength, core strength, arm talent, IQ, vision, um, all of those things. Those are important. You need that, obviously. You're not going to be Zach Kolaris. You're not going to be an MOP quarterback if you don't have physical tools, if you don't have mental tools, if you don't study your tail off. Um, but it seems like he has that natural intuition to know how to extend plays, how to find Mm -hmm. that receiver on a broken play, how to make something happen and make something out of nothing. It truly is special to watch. I think people across the country, Zach, across the country, they're realizing that Zach Kolaris today in 2022 is the best Zach Kolaris we have ever seen. And if he's Mm -hmm. able to continue the 23 and one, 24 and one, I've, I've lost track. Whatever it is in meaningful games as the Blue Bombers starting quarterback. And when you hear that meaningful games, it's because he played half of the first quarter of a late yeah. season game in 2021 in Calgary that he took the L for. He played half a yeah. quarter and the Bombers yeah. were locked up in first place. It meant nothing. It was Sean McGuire, go see what you can do, which wasn't much. But either way, uh, 24 and one. Championship after championship, mop and Grey Cup MVP, and now has the Blue Bombers a storied franchise at six and zero for the first time in 62 years, and yeah. it just like it's like a train that will not stop. This is a special time. Like, yeah. you know, enjoy Blue Bombers Nation. This uh, is, is really something when you have a defense as good as they are, when you have a quarterback as good as this is uh, you yeah. lose talented players like Andrew Harris and uh, Kenny Lawler and, and you know, the rest. And because you have good coaching, a good defensive system and a very, very special quarterback, you're winning. You just, yeah, it can't be stopped. It's really something. Yeah,
1: And and football is so hard to win especially in a nine team league, like the parody, it Darren, yep. like it is, it is tough. He, and he had, you say intuition. I, I think just that it factor, he just has the it factor. He has all the measurables, but, but his instincts are un- He knows right when to step away from pressure. He has that, he has that almost like third eye, like at the back of his head, what he knows, like a D, like a D lineman is about to bring him down, and he just steps away. He has that move where he freezes the D lineman and runs the other way. He threw across his body today on a broken play to Ellington. I mean, how? I don't know if people understand how hard that is to throw. To be running to the right and throw across your body like that's what got Farve in trouble. Brett Farve is a comparable to me to to Zach Kolaris. and I, I didn't. I didn't come up with that. Someone I was talking to this week did, but, but he, but they're both gunslingers. They both, they both have that it factor. They both know how to win. Uh, They both are good for usually a pick a game. Like Zach will throw, you know, it doesn't always get caught by the DBs, but you know, he just has that. it And he has the leadership, Darren, to come into that, to come into that championship locker room in 2019 and and O'Shea saw it. O'Shea yeah. knew. He said Zach was the only guy who could do that. We almost got Zach Kolaris in 2014. I was I salivating. Well, oh, hang I, on. I
0: wouldn't say almost. Well, we should have we
1: wanted him. I, from, I misspoke. You're right. We did not they, they wanted him. They wanted Kolaris, they wanted Henry
0: Burris. They got yeah. Drew Willie from Saskatchewan. Burris of yeah. course went to uh Ottawa and then um Yeah, I mean uh went to Hamilton and and the rest is history, but I uh, (laughs) yeah, they were way down the pecking order
1: at that point. We should we should walk we should talk about the I know we're getting late here. We should talk about the run game, eh? Yes, let's talk about it. Because I I I tweeted out, I think I tweeted out to you. Um I thought maybe this was the time where they were gonna anoint Augustine the number one. Now we only had
0: what did we see? Yeah. We saw 9 carries for Brady Oliveira and 7 carries for Johnny Augustine, but of course, let's look at the yards per carry because anytime the Johnny Augustine uh hype train pulls into uh pulls up to the bonfire, <laughs> it's <laughs> average yards per carry. 4.7 for Johnny Augustine tonight. Uh yeah. long of 7, so nothing too offsetting for the average. 7 carries, 33 yards. Brady Oliveira Nine carries, eight yards. That's less than a yard per carry. Uh, had some pretty big losses uh, as far as a couple of the the carries he had. Three yards was his long. Um, is it a Brady Oliveira problem? Is it a overall Blue Bombers run game problem? Is it a play calling problem? Is it an offensive line problem? Is it uh, a game plan issue in facing teams and not dialing up the right run game plan. Uh I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for this. I uh, I'm fascinated. I'm going to try to track down uh Richie Hall this week and talk to him about this. Um of course it is it's uh what's the right way to put it? Like it it's it's tempered a little bit because the Bombers are winning, right? But these are not good numbers. No. For a for a duo backfield on a, a dangerous offense, when you got a quarterback like Zach Kolaris and you can't get a run game going with like a legit passing threat, it's it's. However, though it's working, it's still working.
1: Well, I noted down. You know, to be fair, in the first half, I don't know how many times the bombers ran on first down, but it wasn't very often. Like, it was very unbombers like I think they saw something in that Calgary secondary. Uh, I think they figured it out because Brent Monson is a very good DC. Mm-hmm. Someone told me he, he really likes to play with quarterbacks because he'll line the the DBs up five in a line. And so you don't know who's covering who. But but Zach figured it out, and those guys, the 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 bomber receivers would run to the line, and then they wouldn't snap it, and then they, you know Monson's defense kind of reveals its hand, and then you know Zach can kind of pick it apart. But they weren't they weren't running on first down a lot, and is that is that because the run game is struggling? Is that because that's just who you know Mike O'Shea always says we will do what we need to do that game to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and 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 I think that's I think there's some truth to that. Olivera, what I see is he kind of shuffles his feet, he doesn't hit the hole very hard. Uh, I know maybe he's more of a zone runner, so he's my understanding of that, Darren, is he's waiting for the hole to open up. He's he's sort of looking, he's he's trying to use that patience. And and I get that. That that could be a chemistry issue. But it's just not working. I mean, credit Brady Oliveira for that for that catch where he where he got that extra three yards for the first down. That was a great play. Uh, I believe it was in the a big first down in the fourth quarter. But uh yeah, he redeemed himself. He kind of did look like Andrew Harris there late in the fourth quarter.
0: Well, I'm glad you when mentioned he, but other Andrew than Harris, that
1: he had nothing. And the crowd like, was booing him, which I thought was too bad. But
0: it wasn't crazy booing, it was like, you know, a, a- as booing often is sometimes uh, a vocal small group. Um, But you you mentioned Andrew Harris, like uh, I just pulled up the comment a little while ago. Someone mentioned how like with any other quarterback than Zach Kolaris, the blue bombers run game would be their death knell. Um, I don't even think that's, that's too far off the truth. Um, You know, imagine a Matt Nichols run offense without Andrew Harris. Would that Blue Bombers team be a playoff team like they were? Oof, I don't know. No. I don't know. They they were uh, they were kind of, you know, they did enough to win football games. But, man, if you didn't have that defense or you didn't have that running back and Andrew Harris, uh, I really wonder uh, what that would have looked like. But, of course, that's ancient history and, and a huge, um, you know, uh, hypothesis, right? It, it, it's not real. Uh, Bob Molly. Which is uh Ryan Friesen, by the way. Uh, is Charles Roberts available? Uh, you could probably try to track him down. I think he's working in the uh US Postal Service in California. Um, this is an interesting comment. Uh, of course, it was hot and muggy, like hot as hell out there today. Uh, Jeremy Perrin says, terrible rushing numbers that won't win in cold games. Uh, that's really on the nose, man. I mean, if Winnipeg can't run the football and it's suddenly like sleet or, uh, you know, freezing rain or windy and they need a strong run game, like all those times we, you know, blew up Andrew Harris for being like the secret weapon in these cold weather games and this offensive line and this run game, they're going to shine when the weather gets cold. Well, it did. They didn't really have to rely on it too much if I'm not, you know, remembering those playoff runs properly, but uh, what's going to happen if they run into, you know, uh, a cold weather game against Saskatchewan or uh, Calgary or BC in the playoffs it Could be a real Achilles heel.
1: Yeah, it could, and I, and I see Buck trying to figure out. He's trying to throw in McRae. He's trying to bring Janarian Grant on those jet sweeps, right? He's trying to throw Augustine in. Augustine did have a better game, um, than Oliveira just on the face of it. But Calgary started to figure it out. They figured out the uh, the Janarian Grant jet sweeps and had him for yeah. a lot, even though he must have ran like fifty yards on one of those plays, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I, I, I hope the they now a couple of those snaps were high too to Kolaris, which I know throws the timing off. And Kalkowski, he's uh, he he's new there a little bit. So I'll, you know there there and there. But at the end of the game, there were a couple of plays, Darren, where uh, either Kolaris went the wrong way or Oliveira went the wrong way, and he you know the, they were broken plays that the bombers just had to eat. And then Buck Pierre, and this got this got booze from my section. We were trying to salt the way the way the game up by a touchdown. Uh we were pinned deep. And on second and twelve, they tried a draw play with Brady Oliveira. And it did not go over well. In fact, uh one of the yeah. Uh, uh, Logan Dave uh Pete and uh, Grant and those boys who sit behind me said that was a Lapo play. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, the classic Lapo draw play on second and 10. Right. Oh, that was funny. A uh, shout out to Michelle. If you're listen- listening, came and uh, said hi. And also Kevin Dodge uh, came and said hi to me. Uh, great people. But yeah, like, it uh, just didn't, didn't look good. So we've got to get that figured out. But at the same time, uh, I'll stop yapping here, Darren. When you've got Zach Kolaris, and if he's playing at this level, I'm not saying you don't need to run the ball. Of course, you need to have a running threat. But it makes it a little more palatable. You said would this have worked with the Matt Nichols offense? And and shout out to Matt Nichols because he officially retired, by the way. Yeah. No. Matt Nichols without Andrew Harris, that, that offense would have been in serious trouble it, that offense literally was Andrew Harris. But if you got Zach Kolaris, that's a different echelon of quarterback. So yep. I think they can take time for the run game to, to uh, develop because Kolaris is that good.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred uh, percent want to hit the well, bonfire sports hotline 816 tips, 816-8477 uh, that familiar 204 area code uh, standard rates apply. As you see below, just like when you text your mama, same thing, you got a texting plan. You're good to go. Uh, Glenda texted the hotline and says uh, dynasty or not, this will remain one of my favorite periods of time as a season ticket holder. Glenda, I think your comments um, reflective of many in bomber nation uh, right now. Lots of great texts. Uh, I got one during the game from Jordy it says I saw a Tom Canada, Jersey, already tonight this game yeah. is a lock uh he <laughs> sent me that at 7:34 p.m. uh so Jordy called it uh good on you Jordy thanks for texting the hotline um everybody out there uh send a text leave a voicemail uh, we have a ton of fun uh with the hotline here on Bonfire Sports and and again get down uh just below the video Give a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Comment. If you're watching the replay of this you're not watching live, comment. I read all of those comments. So uh, let your voice be heard. That's what it's all about here on Bonfire Sports. Gather round the fire. Let it loose. And, um, you know, uh, have fun with all of us here uh, talking football. Uh, and we'll be talking hockey a little bit later this year as well. I do want to send something out. And I'm going to put it in the live chat right now. This is a link. I don't know if it's clickable, but it's easy. It is bonfire, uh, SIA.com slash bonfire sports TV. So we are officially now an affiliate of Sports Interaction and their online casino and sports book. So if you want to put a sprinkle on the game, uh, you can head on over to this link. And if you use this link to sign up and, and make a deposit, I think you only have to like deposit 200 bucks, but like, great promos happening over there now where they're going to match you and the rest, uh, match your dollars. But if you use this link, SIA.com bonfire sports TV, SIA.com slash bonfire sports TV. For those listening on the podcast, um, that will help directly help us directly here on bonfire sports and continue to give you this free content, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, on Twitch now, we are on Twitch. This is our first live broadcast on Twitch. Oh, you're twitching, you're twitching, Zach. Uh, and uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. So, uh, to everybody out there who has been supportive, love you guys, appreciate you a lot. If you feel like putting a sprinkle on some CFL games, there's tons of value there. In sprinkle the of agadosi, it's little, it's a little sprinkle agadosi. Well, it's not Jesus sprinkles in in uh, in Regina, no, um, no, no, no. but uh. Hit up that uh, link, slash bonfire sports TV. You're right, waiters. I am a content machine. We're <laughs> going to get the hockey going this winter, too. And um, yeah, uh, really appreciate the support and those of you uh, who are able to support us uh, how you can. Sponsorships, too. If uh, you are a local brewery, Chris Walby wants to drink your beer and he will tell everybody what yeah. he thinks of it. He will tell everybody the guy is a legend in this town because of his thirst and appetite for (laughs) coldies, as he calls them.
1: Um, It's really a slam dunk, really. Like, will I be drinking your beer? Yeah. You really can't. He had a
0: deal. He had some special 63 made up by Torque at one time. Oh, Uh, did he? Definitely get that that going. What about
1: Torque? Yeah. Well, you're saying. saying saying, Bluto Brew. I like that. Pardon the me? blue crew, the blue, the bluto blue crew beer or something. Tamara, I can do the floss. Uh, come to midweek, I'll I'll do the floss. will do the floss. <laughs> of course. So the, Tuesday the night. Crew, by the way,
0: G- give us the plug, Zach, for for bonfire midweek. Where and oh, I get to do a plug?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, bonfire midweek every every Tuesday midweek. I believe I named it midweek, Darren. We we had a bunch you did. of different names you and. Did. I said, let's keep it simple, just like me. So, so bonfire midweek every Tuesday at seven thirty. really sometimes at seven thirty one. But you know, the link is live on 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 Twitter, <laughs> on Facebook, on what else? Twitch now, on YouTube, and uh, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. LinkedIn, we're on LinkedIn. And uh, we we hit up, we hit up, we, we go around the league. We do some betting stuff, some fantasy stuff. We hit up the Bombers. We tee up the next game. We we have a second, sober, second thought review. Sober, second the game thought, yes. that we've just had. It's a fun, fun time. And it, hey, it doesn't just have to be me. You know, Darren's had a lot of great guests on. So there's a whole uh, Bonfire content crew here. It's just growing. Yeah. We had this Ted Wyman on. It's growing.
0: Yeah, we had Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun on. That was a ton of fun. Ted, such a good dude. Uh, I'll plug Ted because he had me over at his place last night and I got some free pizza. So uh, that was a ton of fun. Uh, Waiters, you'll be there live Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. We will be there too. Uh, It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. You got final thoughts. Okay, let's go through. Let's wrap it up, Zach, with uh, our Walby's Warrior, our... um, well, We already did the happy honker. So
1: we we got the Walby's, happy honker. We, we got, got the westward wide to the right.
0: And the westwood wide to the right. Okay.
1: I think I you texted all these to you while I was in the car. I was like, I, I gotta I gotta that. tell Darren. Did
0: you text the hotline or did you text my actual phone number?
1: I think I, I well you do you did give me your actual phone number. I thought I could use it. I didn't text the hotline. I didn't I didn't text the, so okay. well, I wouldn't even know if it was you if you texted the hotline, you have to be like this by the happy. way. Some Someone in the chat asked, it, are they leaving um, Oliveira in because he's a better blocker? I saw Johnny Augustine pick up a free blitzer. Uh, that long throw to Agadosi that Zach overthrew him just a little bit. There was a guy that was like full steam ahead at Zach Kolaris. And 27 picked him up. So... I yep. think he can pick up blitzers. Um,
0: that, that is, that is curious. what's up, Clayton uh, man, old friend. Uh, good to hear from you, man. Thanks for, for joining us here on bonfire sports. Appreciate it. Uh, as always. <laughs> um, it's interesting with, with, with the, the, the blocking game and, and that sort of thing. Um, if one tailback is that much more effective than the other, I think you find a way to get him in. Yeah. So, Something's up. Something's cooking. We're going to continue to explore yeah. that on uh, Bonfire Midweek, Tuesday, 7.30, right here on the channel. Because,
1: yeah. because Augustine is always like one one move away from just breaking one. I saw that mm-hmm. tonight a couple times where, and, and Calgary, they're good tacklers. I mean, Jimmy or Thurman, and, and they, they've got some great defensive players in the linebacking core. But yeah, uh, let, anyway, we could go on and on about that. My my Warriors, I mean, it's Kolaris. Oh, I just okay. think, you know, it, it was a big, it was the biggest game of the CFL season. He, he, and he came to play, man. He came to play. What did he throw for? How many yards? 315, two touchdowns, 71.1% completion percentage the guy was just any, and it wasn't, you know, a, a few big chunk plays. Like his long was 23. Like he just was delivering. And, and that sparkling, what was it? 65, 70% on second down against Calgary who was like four of 19 on second down. My God, like that's Kalaris and that's Ellingson. I mean, Ellingson, Ellingson is the one B. I mean, Ellingson was unbelievable tonight. Well,
0: one B, like, how about you leave him for me to pick as my Walby's <laughs> warrior? I wanted to give, I wanted to give an honorable mention to Zach Kolaris. I wanted to give an honorable mention for Walby's warrior to Carlton Agadosi for just a stellar CFL debut with two touchdowns and yeah. a couple really, really big plays. But when you target a receiver 14 times and he comes down with 11 balls for 152 yards, he didn't have like, you know, a 90-yard touchdown that that made his day. He had 11 catches for 152 yards, and his long was 23. He was a first-down machine. He had seven second-down conversions. Greg Ellingson was a warrior tonight. Uh, I'm giving it to him, and I surely expect him to be named a CFL top performer in the three-game week six uh, that we're in the middle of right now.
1: <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm going to go wide, my Westwood wide to the right. Uh, originally, it was going to be the OPI on Agadosi, but I have since found out uh, that that was, uh, in fact, an OPI. Yep. So I'm going to say it's that Charlie Moore, uh, you know, that – roughing the kicker which was completely unnecessary and it's it was a six point swing for the Bombers they missed the field goal it would have been a single then they get a touchdown Uh, seven point swing are you saying seven point swing oh we can't hear you we can't hear you
0: hi there we go I've been clearing my throat too much tonight it's the humidity but uh, I, I don't know if it would have been a single I don't know
1: but oh, way, you don't know if it would have been Oh, they might have brought it out. Um huge swing. It was a huge swing. that huge was a huge swing. swing. And then Kadim Carey, for all the good things he did, I mean, Adam Big Hill just roughed him up out of the out of the uh I don't know if people remember that tackle, but uh Big Hill tracks him down. It was a bit oh, of a high tackle. They but it they was flagged a him. Tackle.
0: They flagged him for a horse collar and then they picked the flag up. Did so- they? They threw a flag on themselves as officials in football do. But then they threw the they flag on
1: Carey. They threw no, the I flag don't... on Carey, yeah, because he there was an objectionable conduct. Oh, because he was, was chirping up.
0: afterwards. He was because chirping they...
1: afterwards. It was such an unbelievable tackle by Big Hill. It was a high yeah. tackle, but i I don't think it was. I don't think they called the horse collar. It was just a. It was legal tackle. when
0: when he whipped him, like when he had him up high, like had his jersey or whatever kind of on the yeah. back plate. He wasn't in the collar. He was in the back plate. It's legal. Big Hill's feet are in bounds when he whips him out, and yeah. Kadim Carey was not out of bounds. So that is a legal tackle. Um, yeah, but I, I love this from Corey. Uh, who's watching live on YouTube and always does? What's going on, Corey? Uh, my warriors, the Winnipeg fans tonight. Uh, I think Chris Walby would approve of that one. Um, so that yeah. uh, Zach, you Zach, are you're, you're giving your uh, Walby's Warrior. Or, pardon me, your Westwood wide to the right to the Charlie Moore,
1: Charlie Moore, and then that carry penalty. A couple of really bad penalties that okay. push the stamps back. You know, the thing about the Bombers is they don't beat themselves. The only bad penalty I saw was was Jeff Coates uh, like late in the fourth <clears throat> quarter, that final drive for Calgary before the interception, the roughing the passer. Uh, but the Bombers don't beat themselves. And uh, if you're going to beat the Bombers, you have to play nearly perfect football you can't beat yourself with stupid penalties and that's what in the, and the drop balls with Calgary, you know, uh, the, that was my wife. And the happy honker, I got to give it to Agadosi and also Houston. Maybe you can do it too. I
0: thought you, I thought you gave it to Hustler
1: and Toth. Oh yeah. I gave it to Hustler. (laughs) Can I have three honk, 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 three happy honkers? I don't know. Yeah. I did give it to Hustler. Go ahead.
0: I, I, I have I ha, okay. So I have a, a Walby's Warrior. I gave it to to Ellingson because he was just beastly tonight. Uh, my wide to the right is Reggie Bagel. Because you okay? Look, that Charlie Moore roughing the kicker penalty that resulted in a Blue Bombers touchdown instead of a missed field goal was to me the most important yeah. sequence in the game. Yeah. No question. But I will give my Westwood Wide to the right to Reggie Bagleton and Malik Henry colliding in the end zone on third and goal, their third shot from the Winnipeg two uh, that led to a turnover on downs in the third quarter. That resulted in the Blue Bombers being able to uh, effectively hang on, for a win at, at that point, they were up uh, 2016 at that point point. Uh, and keeping like getting a turnover on downs in the red zone at that juncture of the game was huge. Uh, Crazy. Maybe not as big as, is that Charlie Moore roughing, but it's right there with it. So, so that's my Westwood Drive to the right. As far as a happy honker, you know what? I'm going to take uh, a word from uh, one of the commenters tonight. Um, And I'm going to give the Happy Honker Award to the 30,000 fans at IG Field. I was so impressed with the volume, with the um, exuberance and energy. Uh, It was hot. It was sweaty. It was uniquely smelling, as I described it earlier. Uh, And it was truly (laughs) special. That was a special night. Winnipeg with a huge win. Uh, a statement game over Bo Levi and the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, yeah, it's the regular season. Yeah, you know, they're going to they're meet again, um, you know, on July 30th in Calgary. I think they play even, yeah, and then they play again August 25th uh, here in Winnipeg. So this is the first of three. Winnipeg got the better of Calgary. I expect them to come back very strong. These two teams do not like each other. I coined it the Canadian Mafia matchup. <laughs> uh, American GM and American head coach of the Calgary Stampeders against a Canadian triumvirate of Wade Miller,
1: yeah, uh, baby. Walters,
0: and Mike O'Shea. Uh, these are special games between the best team in the CFL over the last 10 years against the best team in the CFL over the last three, no question. In the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the way the fans showed up on Friday night, I was so impressed. I might be wearing a green shirt right now. But uh, I was feeling a lot of pride for Blue Bombers Nation out there. Uh, it, it was it was pretty cool and and nice to see uh, is is an absolute understatement. That's my Happy Honker Award to the twenty nine thousand seven hundred and whatever it was uh, thirty thousand yeah. nearly in attendance. Nearly
1: thirty thousand man, and and I and I and I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that that crowd. Uh, someone in the chat, I, I didn't see your name. Uh, said that that crowd noise in the first quarter caused Calgary to take a timeout. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, Dickinson is first a good, good coach, like, he, he doesn't take a timeout easily. Uh, I think something Neil, I don't know, it was a good comment because I forgot about that one. But, but it's funny with the, I know we got to go, Darren, but, but with the stamps and bombers, you know, you have the bombers taking the mantle of the marquee franchise away from the stamps in 2019 right mm-hmm. and they kept it in 2021 and the stamps fell back a bit you had that Bolivi by mitchell injury and now those horsies are are you know they're right at our heels and they're trying to take it back buddy yeah they are trying to take it back and they couldn't do it tonight but I boy am I looking forward to the the next two bomber stamps games my God they're gonna be great Johnny Gibbs nails it here in the live chat <laughs>
0: lack of deodorant <laughs> wide to the right yes sir uh got milt uh good to see you back in the live hey, chat Gottmilt. Gottmilt. all right that crowd was rocking I mentioned that in our uh, bonfire uh blue crew live ch- or uh we, we kind of have like a little private chat with a yeah. few dozen people right zach you got me in on that group and nice to connect with fans like that uh outside of the show but uh, i said friday night is going to be a rocker and got milk yeah. said it right that crowd was rocking tonight it was a really special night i think it's one um uh that we're going to remember for a long time i think fans are going to say like Remember that ridiculously hot, sweaty, muggy night at IG field where, you know, Carlton Agadosi caught two touchdowns in his debut and we had no run game, but somehow still found a way to win our special teams. You know, they'll say our special teams stunk and, and the rest Winnipeg made it happen tonight. Uh, and I, I think um, I think people are going to remember it for a long time. That was a great night. They will. What a game.
1: Shout out, shout out to you, Matt, Matt Neil. That was you who caught the uh, timeout thing there. And um, yeah, I still want them to fire the cannon off at the end of the night if we win. Uh, the, you know, come on, guys. I, I need that last cannon to, to just have closure. I want closure at the end of a win, Darren. I want that that cannon to go off when we win. Just saying.
0: They they (laughs) misfired the cannon tonight when uh, they thought Sean had a touchdown. I look down. I look down at the seats, whatever section that is, right below the rum hut, and everyone's high-fiving. And I'm like, that was incomplete, you know? Uh, By the
1: way, do you know who's wearing a headset tonight? hmm. Brandon Alexander. You don't often see an injured player wearing a headset.
0: I wonder if he was just listening in on the defensive play calls, right? That's know, fascinating.
1: Good eyes by you. Well, I sit in section 128. So, so you know, me and, me and Vicky and, and, and uh, uh, Dave, Grant, Pete, Logan, Michelle, all of us like uh, Arlen, we, we, we have a bird's eye view of what goes on. And it's kind of a fun thing. But I suspect he was, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, he is really, they call him the coach on the field. But uh it I thought that was interesting. I expect that guy to be a coach. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, they talk about his his leadership, right? That's one thing to like help your fellow teammates. Uh, but his leadership goes a little bit beyond that. Uh whoops, uh Derek Schmidt uh mentioning here, uh Oh, I lost it. Fritchie mentioning he's like a coach out there tonight. Ooh, yeah, Alexander yeah. is a spy. Um, well, you know, like if you got a guy that knows what to watch for on the field, not able yeah. to contribute in a playing capacity, um, but has the uh respect of his teammates and his coaches clearly, and he's able to contribute all the power to him. I think um I think that that's a great thing and good eyes by you to to notice that.
1: Sometimes Darren, sometimes just one more thing. You said something about SIA and I think you said, how much do people got to put in to, to match? I think it's only 20 bucks. Yeah. You, gotta, to, you know, and then they'll,
0: they'll match you. But if you sign up with that link, SIA.com slash bonfire sports TV, if you sign up with that, like that helps us here on bonfire directly. So mm-hmm. we really appreciate, uh, those of you who, who do sign up. But if that's not your thing, even if it is your thing, head down to the video below, give the thumbs up, subscribe, ring the bell, do all those good things uh, and help support uh, this continual free content uh, for you, the Blue Bombers uh, nation and for Winnipeg and Manitoba sports fans. Lots more to come uh, in the coming weeks and months. Hockey season is right around the corner. Zach, I will see you Tuesday night for bonfire midweek i can't wait man
1: bam tuesday night can't wait and guess what everybody uh fun fact 52 minutes ago i turned 39 oh my god it's your birthday it's my birthday which i normally Happy don't birthday, brother. About, but i thought since since this is my first ever birthday on a youtube show i might as well say no hey kidding. it's my birthday so this was the best birthday present ever just to be with all of you great fans and be with you, Darren, and chatting football. Uh, nice. awesome Good to have you win. back, man. Good to have uh, you back. Great memories forever of that game tonight. And uh, no better way to celebrate a birthday than to talk about it with you fun folks. I love the people on the chat. I love everybody in the stadium. And I love you, Darren. And what, what a fun night, even though you're wearing a green shirt. <laughs> Hey, I hope that makes up for it a little bit, but uh, it, everybody, it totally, I want that shirt actually. I like, I like green.
0: It's a, it's a good, it's a comfortable shirt. That's why I'm wearing it. It has nothing to do with the color. Everyone knows out there, you are the fan fan is there. Objective observer is here. That's just the way it is. I watch all the CFL games and yeah. I watch them all the same. Uh, So it doesn't matter who's playing, uh, but I do get a little bit more enjoyment for the team that I grew up watching and cheering for, uh, I have my, I, I like to say I put my fan card in a safe deposit box in an unnamed bank. Nobody knows where it is. It ain't going anywhere for a long time. But I get a lot of satisfaction out of watching you enjoy these games and these wins for the Blue Bombers and watching 30,000 fans get sweaty and and kind of, you know, like letting it all hang out on a Friday night uh, in the summer on a huge win uh, against the Calgary Stampeders. So uh, happy birthday, man. Great to have you back we'll see you Tuesday at
1: 7:30 on Bonfire Midweek. Yeah, buddy, and if you want to see crazy fan Zach, then then hit up Hustler. He was taking a video of the second Agadosi touchdown. Okay. And uh it was that, yeah. And I he, he I, I tapped him on the shoulder cuz he was taking a video and I said, "Look at me." And I was like Aah. I just I just did the crazy crazy fan thing so yeah. Uh, hopefully maybe he'll post that. Uh, you, you have to ask him. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking yeah. he will. And tell I me when your birthday is Darren. Are you oh, going to, no, I don't want gonna... to, I don't want to tell anybody when my birthday is. Okay. Maybe we'll leave that for Tuesday. <laughs> it's,
0: uh, okay. I'll, it's two days after Christmas. So like it, it's, when you're born on December 27th, you never get like, you know, your name on the announcements in elementary school or like people are on vacation when you're at work. It, it's kind of nice having like a low key birthday mixed in there with with Christmas and and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and and uh, the rest. You know, I, I like that. Uh, I generally just go out and celebrate with my friends on, you know, like Christmas parties or New Year's Eve, yeah. that sort of thing. I, I like that. Um I like that, it's a little bit low key. But I will never tell you what year I was born, ever. Okay. I usually okay. fool most people, uh, anyway. But uh, I'll throw in, a I'll baby throw, I throw in one. I'll throw in one, Zach. I digress. I will take a shot for your birthday because I said I digress. That's the uh, the shot word for me here on Bonfire Sports. But yeah, we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, big thanks to everybody uh, for joining us live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and and the rest. Huge win for the Bombers tonight. Uh, they move to 6-0 and oh and look unbelievably uh, unbelievable and nearly unstoppable. 26-19, Zach Kolaris and the Blue Bombers over Bo Levi Mitchell and the Stampeders. Zach, happy birthday, brother. Great to have you back. We'll see you Tuesday at 7.30.
1: Okay, thank you, everybody. Ciao.